Welcome to the Wow Community Jokes. Spoiler alert. Have you seen the movie Frozen 2? Do you remember the scene where Anna is in the cave and Elsa is gone and Olaf is just melted away in her arms? And there's this sense of darkness, of lostness, of aloneness. And she sings a song. And the song's simply called The Next Right Thing. And there's something that just resonates with my soul when I think about this scene because I, I feel like COVID-19, the current pandemic that we're in and we're navigating, kind of highlights that same sense of lostness, of darkness, of aloneness, of just not knowing which ways forward and where exactly we are on this journey. And as I was praying about what to take our church through next, I just felt like we needed to hit pause on our journey through the book of Acts, and we needed to lean into how to cultivate a simple, soulful practice for making life decisions. Because you see, things are changing weekly, daily, hourly, and we're getting new information, and there's this sense of overload and fatigue and confusion. But I believe there's also so much hope that's offered. I believe that there is a simple practice of simply learning to do the next right thing. As I was trying to think about how to frame this series, I was thinking of the movie Frozen, but my wife actually told me about a book by Emily P. Freeman called The Next Right Thing, and she actually published it before Frozen 2 ever came out. So people often kind of say, did they take the idea from you? But she admits that the idea actually goes back to a poem from the 1800s. So she's not taking any kind of credit, but she's simply saying, I believe there's an important aspect of not trying to solve everything at once, not trying to tackle everything at once and become overwhelmed and paralyzed, but simply how can we cultivate this practice of simply doing the next right thing? And what does that look like? You see, when our services suddenly went from in-person weekly to online, everything got flipped upside down for me. Every church suddenly started coming online and every day I would open up my social media and I would compare myself with the thousands of other churches around us or down in the States and around the world who were doing online ministry now. And I would begin kind of comparing like, man, I wish I could do that. Man, I wish I could do that. Sometimes I'd discover that I was comparing myself with a church of 10,000 people and I'm like, why am I doing this? But it was so hard to break. And as COVID continued to go on, I just began to become paralyzed. I lost my capacity for ministry. I found it extremely hard. For example, it was like having a cup that was, yeah, I was filling it with comparison and comparison and comparison that any other expectation that was put on me, whether it was ministry or family or just life, just... I couldn't take it. I, there was no room in the cup and in my mental state to take it on. And I ended up meeting with a counselor at the end of July and she just looked at me and she said, Kevin, you are depleted. And it just kind of gave me permission to break down and admit that I had been kind of putting on and gathering all of these expectations that I didn't need to be doing. 
So I actually made the decision to create some space in my life, to remove social media from my phone. So if you've noticed, which you probably haven't, but that I haven't been liking your photos or hearting them or laughing at them, it's because I haven't seen them. I haven't been on social media because I needed to create space in my life to hear what God was trying to say to me, to stop comparing with everyone else and to simply recognize where he placed me, the people he's put around me, and how I can listen to him better and love him and others with all of my heart. And I realized that this is the journey that I want to take you on too. Because I believe we're all facing similar situations. Maybe not the same decisions, but the same fatigue the same confusion, the same sense of disconnectedness. So I invite you in this series to learn how to make better decisions. Not just better decisions, but simply doing the next right thing. Because you see, I believe there are benefits that are brought to our life when we learn how to simply do the next right thing. It allows us to open ourselves up to love rather than closing us off in fear. And as I was going through the Gospels, I realized that Jesus, after performing miracles, he often would tell people what to do next. And I often think of these next right things as these big life decisions, these big moments. But I started discovering that, no, it's, it's not anything huge that he would tell people to do. In fact, in Luke chapter 5, there's a man with leprosy. Jesus heals him of his leprosy. Do you want to know what he tells him to do next? He says, go to the priest. Go and show yourself to the priest. Let that be your testimony. That, that seems easy enough, right? And then later on in the same chapter, there's, there's a paralyzed man. And it, Jesus says, your sins are forgiven. And that upsets the religious leaders. And they're like, who are you to forgive sins? And then Jesus looks at the paralyzed man and tells him, get up, pick up your mat, go home. That's it. Those are the next steps that he tells this man to do. Just get up. Pick up your mat, go home. I don't know about you, but there is something so freeing to be told that and to discover that. Sometimes I just need to be told, Kevin, get out of bed. Okay, Kevin, close your laptop, go have a nap. Kevin, pick up the phone, call this person. But sometimes we make it into these huge things that are so overwhelming and paralyze us and freeze us in the moment. But Jesus is saying, I'm simply asking you to do the next right thing. And it might be, go, show yourself to the priest. Go, pick up your mat and go home. Or like in Luke chapter 8, we have this husband and wife whose daughter has died. And they, they come to Jesus asking for healing. And Jesus comes to their house and he says, guys, she, she's not dead. She's sleeping. And the crowd there laughs at him and makes fun of him. And he simply goes over, says, my child, get up. 
And the daughter wakes up. She's alive. She's breathing. She has life in her again. And he looks at the parents. And I love this. The next thing he asks them to do, he says, go and get her something to eat. That's it. Like he's not saying, and now go change the world. And now go do this. And now go. He just says, get her something to eat. I don't know about you, but sometimes I'm always looking for the five-year plan, the crystal clear vision, this, this sense of what am I going to accomplish over the next few years. But Jesus simply says, just do the next right thing. And it doesn't have to be these monumental things. It's these simple things. And as we do the next right thing, I believe it unlocks these benefits that will impact our lives significantly, that will impact our relationships, that will impact our families and marriages and kids. You see, the first benefit that it unlocks is that it helps you build confidence. As you take the next step, you suddenly move forward and you realize, okay, that wasn't so hard. You, you can look around and you can see where you are now from a new perspective. Sometimes I think that we get so overwhelmed because we're like, okay, we have to get from here all the way over here. But it's simply done by one step at a time. Like I said, sometimes it's the first step is simply getting out of bed in the morning. I've heard some military people talk about how the first thing you should do in the morning is make your bed because then you've already accomplished something. And as you take these little steps, it builds confidence. And the beauty of it is you might be thinking, yeah, but I'm not confident in what step to make and what step to take. But sometimes we have to take that step to even realize if it was a step worth taking or not. And the grace, the gospel of grace that we continually celebrate and announce and share with one another is that sometimes we might think that this is the next right thing. And we step over there and realize that wasn't what we should do. But we didn't know until we took that step. But even that should give you confidence in your decision making because at least you've taken a step. You've moved forward and God says, look, I'm over here. Take another step toward me. The second benefit that it unlocks for your life is that it does help bring clarity. Now, clarity is something that can't be rushed. It, it's not that you'll take the step and all of a sudden the next five years will be made known. Let, let's not confuse clarity for certainty. It, just because you take a step doesn't mean that you're now going to be certain of where exactly you need to be going in five years, in three years, in one year. But by taking the next step, it at least brings you to a little more clarity. Because you see, clarity can't be rushed. However, paradoxically, clarity comes from engagement. So if you just sit there and think that clarity is going to come by just sitting, I'm afraid to tell you that that's not true. Clarity comes by engagement, by getting involved, by taking the first step. And like I said before, you might realize that, yeah, that wasn't the right step, but you now have clarity to go back and change things and choose to do something different. And the third benefit that 
taking the next right step unlocks in our lives is it will boost your relationship with Jesus. Seriously, if your relationship with Jesus, whether you have one or not, if you're just feeling it stagnant and you're kind of like, I don't even know if he's with me, if he's around me, if he hears me, I don't even know if he exists. Trust me, by doing the next right thing, it will boost your relationship with Jesus. Because what you need to do is invite Jesus into those decisions. What you need to do is create space to listen to Jesus as you're making those decisions, as you're doing the next right thing. I don't know about you, but there have been times in my life where I just kind of go through the rote mechanics of, okay, I pray and give thanks at meals. Maybe I'll talk to God before bed. Check, check, I'm done. And then I wonder why God's not speaking to me, why I can't hear him, what I'm confused about what to do next. But you see, as you start inviting Jesus into those life decisions, into those decisions of doing the next right thing, you actually begin this ongoing dialogue. It begins opening up this communication throughout the day. And it's not like weeks have gone by and you're like, oh, I don't know if I've heard from Jesus or if I've talked to him. It's like, when people ask, like, when do you pray? You're kind of thinking, when am I not praying? Like, I'm always talking to Jesus because as I'm making these decisions and simply doing the next right thing, he's involved in all of these decisions. And as I'm opening up scripture and I'm, I'm asking him to, to reveal himself to me through his word, I'm, I'm creating space and I'm, I'm realizing there's, there's things I ought to be doing that I haven't been doing. Or perhaps there's things I shouldn't be doing that I have been doing. But here's what I love. When Jesus gathers his disciples, what does he say to them? He says, follow me. That's it. Now, of course, we have scripture and we can see the stories and what they've done and accomplished. But at the beginning, he just says, follow me. Do the next right thing. And I believe that's the invitation that Jesus still extends to each of us. He says, follow me and do the next right thing. I want to journey with you as you discern that. I want to help you create a simple, soulful practice of creating space, of embracing silence, of recognizing the distractions that are trying to pull at us from every which way. But as you begin taking the time to just do one thing at a time, to simply do the next right thing, I pray that you will gain confidence. I pray that you will begin to see clearly and that you won't... Be overwhelmed by the chaos of decision-making. And I pray that you will invite Jesus into all of those decisions and that you will begin this ongoing dialogue and open communication where you're talking to him and hearing from him and that you will allow him to transform your life from the inside out. So continue to join us Saturdays at 5 p.m. as we discern together the next right thing and how to incorporate that in our day-to-day -day living. I pray that you will experience Jesus' presence and his leading in the days ahead and that you will involve him in your decision-making process. If you'll pray with me. Heavenly Father, thank you so much for walking with us, for being present with us, for speaking to us.
I pray that you will help us all create space to simply hear from you and to create this practice of simply doing the next right thing. God, show us what that looks like. Lead us in our decision-making. Remove that chaos and dread and panic that so many of us experience when we're overwhelmed by just the sheer amount of decisions that we're facing. God, remind us of your love, of your peace, of your care and concern, and may we share this hope with our friends, our family, and everyone we come in contact with. God, we fix our eyes upon you now, and we ask this in Jesus' name. Amen. Thanks again for worshiping with us online together. I'd love to hear from you. Reach out to me at Kevin at the Well Binbrook or text or call at 905-518-0168. Let me know how I can be praying for you, how I can walk alongside you, how I can help you connect with Jesus, or how maybe I could even help you discern the next right thing. Guys, I am praying for you. I am excited for what this fall holds, and I am just so thankful for your support, your encouragement, and for your prayers. May you continue to experience the presence and peace of Jesus. Amen.